not guilty. Oh, but we knew that from the beginning. Is is it is it good to be a man? It's good to be a man. It's also good to be Kyle right now. <laughs> <laughs> is it though? Freedom. Yeah, we'll see about this. Pastor Toby Chuck Knox, I'm the Water Boy, and we got Michael Foster in the studio with yeah, you guys. I like our new camera setup. I can see which one is is on and everything. That's cool. Way way to go. Way to go, producer. I can't see which one's on still. Welcome to our Sunday special. Uh, Good to be on NRB TV, Xfinity, Edify app, um, and all the podcast channels that we get to drop on. our app, the Fight, Laugh, Feast app. That is right. And for Christmas, I'm pushing. Okay. We (laughs) are really excited to be offering kind of for Christmas. Anyone who signs up to be kind of a silver club member or above annual Silver club member above gets access or gets our man box. So it's good to be a man. Oh, you get a man box. Oh, and I, I so see what you did so there. wives huh. sign your husbands up for club membership for Christmas. You and get you get one of these. Mugs? You get cigars, hats, uh, our our Christmas T-shirt. I love this Christmas T-shirt. This is actually our producer's idea a couple of years ago to do something like this. Uh-huh. Um, and then John MacArthur came up with the whole Fresca. So idea. I drink Fresca and punch yeah. tyrants. I like the fact that the tyrant is carrying a clipboard. I know. So <laughs> we have Neil to blame for this. Yeah, we do. Basically, uh, Neil. Basically, hey. So oh, sign up, support us. We got tons of plans in 2022. Neil, we can't do it without yet? our club members. You married yeah. yet? Oh, next year. <laughs> okay. Okay. Support us. We got tons of plans in 2022, and our club members. We really can't grow or and do it without you. So please yeah. sign up and join our club. We want to bless you through it with our Christmas man bucks. All right. Hey, um, our brand new sponsor for 2022. Oh, I'm so 2022 happy actually started right now. Yeah, it did. The with mission, this with this sponsorship, it did. The mission of Armored Republic is to honor Christ by equipping free men with tools of liberty. Necessary to preserve God-given rights. In the Armored Republic, there is no king but Christ. We are free craftsmen. Body armor is a tool of liberty. All right. Whoa, we create tools of liberty. Mm. Free men must remain ever vigilant against tyranny wherever it appears. God has given us the tools of liberty needed to defend the rights he bestowed on us. Armored Republic is honored to offer you those tools. Bullet points that are important for us to point out. <laughs> You're just going to read that. You didn't. <laughs> it's a brand new script. It's okay. CEO, <laughs> CEO David Reese is pastor at Puritan Reformed Church in Phoenix. He's the CEO of this body armor company. That's awesome. You know you yes. want to go to his church. Mm-hmm. Explicitly Christian company. Mm. Yeah. Like, mm. like not even accidental on purpose. Jesus is king. Amen. Pioneered direct to consumer body armor sales. All the armor is manufactured in Phoenix, Arizona, in the U.S. of A. Come on now. I can't wait to roll. We're going to do a lot more rolling out with them over the next Those year. Those are Sorry bullet points that you should, I, you should remember. Can I add another bullet point on there? After uh, the whole Kyle Rittenhouse thing, I'm just saying this might be a good idea. For real. I'm just saying. Uh, it might be okay. good. If you see those tanks come out there, they got 300 people out there, you might want to have your own body armor. That's okay, true. but we need no. to hear from the jury first. All right, let's okay. do it. H. Rittenhouse not guilty. As to the second count of the information, Richard McGinnis, we the jury find the defendant, Kyle H. Rittenhouse, not guilty. As to the third count of the information, unknown male, we the jury find the defendant, Kyle H. Rittenhouse, not guilty. As to the fourth count of the information, Anthony Huber, we the jury find the defendant, Kyle H. Rittenhouse, not guilty. As to the fifth count of the information, Gage Grosskreutz, we the jury find the defendant, Kyle H. Rittenhouse, not guilty. 
Maybe those his sisters in the background? Uh, one was mom. I think one might have been sister. Wow. Is anyone who does not agree with the verdict says red? No. Uh, would you wish the jury pulled? No. Okay. Wow. Uh, okay, folks, your uh, job is done, and uh, we started <laughs> Breathe. just about three weeks ago. And I, uh, caught, I told you it could last two weeks and two days. This is, two week this is three weeks. Uh, you were a wonderful jury to work with. You were punctual. You were attentive. Um, and the forgotten six over here who had a, a very difficult job of uh, keeping from discussing the case during the time that they were sequestered as well. Wow. All of you, you just, I, I couldn't have asked for a better jury to work with. Oh. And uh, it has truly been my pleasure. Uh, you've, I think, uh, without commenting on your verdict, that I don't. I was watching that when it happened live, and I remember thinking to myself, like, they saved that boy. Yeah. Like that. That was. Right. You know, he he shouldn't have ever been on trial. He should have never. Yeah. Should been have been on, thrown out of the courtroom. He, he should have been thrown yeah. out of the courtroom. And do yeah. you have this his uh, attorney's comments on yeah, what do. this case became about? Because I think he nails exactly. I've known Tom Binger for a long time. I knew him when he was a civil lawyer. Um, I'm disappointed with some of the things he did, um, and I've said why. Such as what? Putting on the Kandiri brothers when you know they're lying. Mm -hmm. um, changing your prosecution, going with provocation after you say that my client chased him down and shot him in the back. <laughs> um, calling him an active shooter when he's not. You know, justice is done when the truth is reached, and I don't know that it's set up to do that. But a prosecutor is supposed to seek the truth. It's not about winning. And this mm. case became about winning. And that's probably why it got so personal. And wow. you know what, though? And I'm glad that, look, not everything that has come out of the social justice movement has been absolutely wrong. They have observed some things that we really need to take into account. One of them is prosecutors. You think about the incentives that prosecutors have. No, they don't right. have an incentive for truth, mm. right? They have an incentive to, to make win. sure they have convictions. Win. A yep. prosecutor that says, okay, let's say a prosecutor in the city says, you know what? I only have four convictions for the year. And they say, well, you're not doing your job, so we can't promote you. Right. Right? But if the prosecutor said, well, no, no, no. Perverse I want yeah, Exactly. Right. Get somebody nailed. That's what their incentives are. Right. Move you up. And so, right. and so we, and we help encourage that because we see an, a prosecutor with, you know, 70 uh, uh, convictions and we're like, oh, he's doing his job. It's like, no, no, no. Right. Were they just convictions? <laughs> were they just convictions? Should the trial, and so Rittenhouse, this never should have been brought. And if the prosecutor had any form of yes. justice in his bones, right, right, he would have never, or truth for that matter, he would yeah, have never right. brought this case, right? And so, be, and so, it became about winning, which is most of the times, most of the times, right. it's that's what it's all about. Rem remember that this. I mean, pull up the clip, Gabe, with you know what this is all about. We're talking. This is yeah. the night, right? Um, this is Kenosha. This is what happened. This is this is so, where. So before that, right. Jacob Blake right. was uh, a black, a young black man who uh, his girlfriend ex-girlfriend called the cops on him because he, he wasn't supposed to yeah, be there right yeah. okay the cops come because jacob blake wasn't supposed to be there he pulls right. an he well before that the cops tackled him he squeezes yeah. out it of it arrest yeah. and then he goes around to his car he has a knife in his hand walking around to the car right or is it before he got in the car or, uh, or, is it around remember. the time he's getting in the car yeah. or out of the car he, he pulls it he pulled a knife yes sir 
And then the cops shot him. Right. And that's what this, and then that was in Kenosha. That right. happened, Jacob Blake happened in Kenosha. Right. And then here's the night of the pro protest, what happened that night. And what you are seeing now, these images came and come in stark contrast to what we saw over the course of Mostly the daytime peaceful. hours in Kenosha and into the early evening, Firing. which were largely peaceful demonstrations yeah. in the face of law enforcement. Largely it wasn't peaceful. until night fell that things began to get a little bit more contentious. Oh. Things were thrown oh. back and forth. I, I, I want to be clear in how I characterize this. This is a, mostly a protest. Uh, it is not, uh, it is not generally speaking, unruly. The fires have been started, and and there's a crowd that. The road to hell is paved with adverbs. <laughs> mostly, generally, mostly. Yeah. But the same news media. That was in Minnesota. It's, that second part, yeah, the, the first yeah, part was yeah. Kenosha. The second part, Minnesota. Yeah. Minnesota, yeah. but but the same news media. Yeah, that that's trying to spin those fiery protests as mostly peaceful. These violent protests, riots, and so on are the same ones that have been telling the story of the Rittenhouse trial. That's right. Yeah, from that's jump, right. Um, which is why you know right right away you have this this story going that you know this white supremacist he comes across to um, with his gun he comes across state lines. Well, to, didn't Joe Biden blame? This on right, white supremacy? I think so. I, I think yeah. Joe Bla but, Biden connected. But the that, narrative, yeah. the mainstream narrative, was that he came across and um, and you know was was going after, was being antagonistic, right. um, and was planning on trying to you know shoot black people or yeah, something yeah. like that. Like oh, that's yeah. the basic narrative that I we saw were on fed. Twitter that this uh, guy was saying uh, employees or employers should give their black employees two days off after this. He's found not I'll take it. Yeah, yeah. as he's found not guilty. Yeah, after he's found not guilty, I was like. Uh, he, he, a bunch of pasty white folks. You know? I'll take it. Y'all yeah. <laughs> yeah. want to give me a couple days nope, off? I don't nope, know. Okay. Well, nope, in that case, nope. it, I guess it don't work for me. <laughs> you know. Well, don't forget the tweets that came out after this. So yeah. this this happened. So uh, Rittenhouse found not guilty Friday morning Pacific time. Um, and the tweets that followed right after the not guilty verdict. You right. have Gavin Newsom here. America what? today. You can break the law, carry around weapons, built for military, shoot and kill people and get away with it. That's the message we've just sent to armed vigilantes across the nation. As Gavin oh, has security guards thanks. walking all around him. Yeah, right. And then Corey Bush, of course, uh, judge, jury, defendant. It's white supremacy in action. This system isn't built to hold white supremacists accountable. It's why black and brown folks are brutalized and put in cages mm. while white supremacist murderers walk free. I'm hurt. I'm angry. I'm heartbroken. Wow. <laughs> Here's my favorite one. Sean King. Breaking. Kyle Rittenhouse just found not guilty on all charges. Yeah, all of them. Ultimately, gun laws were imagined, written, and are enforced in America to protect white boys and men. Those same laws are primarily used punitively against black people. What is he, America. What, what does he mean by gun laws were written um, and imagined to enforce America to protect white boys and men? Talcum X doesn't have to make sense when he tweets. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's, he's, he's opposed to, like, what, gun laws? That's, yeah. Right, well, self-defense is, is that what he, is that what he's opposed self-defense and, and don't forget the Ahmad Arbery case Arbery case is going on right now that's right which is not getting a whole lot of this has really nope. been we were talking yep. about this nope. I've watched liberal forms of media actually um, deal with the Ahmad Arbery situation and case in context with this one mm -hmm. but I haven't seen very commit uh, conservative or um, kind of synthesizing right wing these, yeah, yeah, kind paying of attention that. at all yep. and, I, and, I, and I don't know why because that is just as important but the other thing though is that 
if they're concerned about justice, I would think that they'd be more concerned about that shaman who got three and a half years. I know. He real. didn't destroy anything. For walking into the Capitol. Mr. Tumnus. Mr. Tumnus. It's not his oh, name. you're talking about Buffalo guy? Yeah, <laughs> Buffalo guy. Oh, not Jump Kick Man. But think about that, though. So, Mr. Tumnus. Mr. Tumnus <laughs> repented. This guy did, too. This guy did, too. He actually, yeah, how about that? In court, he said, I was wrong. I shouldn't have done that. Okay. I, you know, But he, right. I don't know if he broke anything. I don't right. know what the damages were. Right, but, but didn't he grab a podium from Nancy Pelosi or something maybe, like that? Maybe. <laughs> but just recognize, like, you have these people burning police stations down. Right. Yeah. Like, and, and, and the media spin is just insane. Um, mostly peaceful. Mostly peaceful. Yeah. And then um, you've got a, some rowdy, um, I don't know, um, tourists. <laughs> sure. In the Capitol. And yeah, I mean, you know, um, Buffalo man shouldn't have been in He the, shouldn't have been in the, I mean, they're picking up their plastic bottles and throwing them away. They, they're cleaning up after them. I think some windows got broken. I think, you know, some some offices were disheveled. Okay, you shouldn't do that. And yeah. anybody you got some rowdy crowd folks, sh- for sure. Be required. But if you can call what's happened in Kenosha mostly peaceful, right. then yeah. January 6th was a tea party. That's right. That's exactly right. <laughs> just saying. I'm just mad that whatever his guilt was, I'm just mad that we have to sit up here and pay for him to be in jail for three and a half years. Mr. Tumnus? Yes. Oh, yeah. Why don't we make him pick up somewhere around the, the, yeah. the, the grounds or make him paint some walls, right. you know, for uh, yeah. three months? But yeah. what is it that he did that requires three and a half years in right. jail well, that we feed him for? Right. Right, that we take care, of, make sure he gets shot. We pay for the water, pay for the well. It's, it's it is the legal version of slavery that we still have in our country. I mean, the Thirteenth Amendment says that right. slavery is abolished except right. for right. Uh, its use in prisons. So we, you know, we haven't abolished slavery. We're still doing it. Right, um, Knox. Is it true that um, gun, you know, the the use of guns yeah. and guns laws is, is this just to enforce See, uh, I, protection of white people? So <laughs> Speaking of which, not, how, how many people it. in this room have a gun right now? Um, Probably Knox and Neil. All the minorities. What? All the minorities. <laughs> that's that's the, one of the other things about the Kyle Rittenhouse trial that I was very concerned about. Everybody was wondering, like, why should black people be concerned yeah. about the Kyle Rittenhouse trial? Kyle Rittenhouse right. was a white boy who murdered three other white. Boys who were doing some crazy stuff, so uh, or, or two other ones and injured one. Yeah. And I'm saying, well, if you're a black person in America, self defense. If you believe the narrative that's around here, that right. every white man out there trying to kill you, especially uh, police officers, you want. Why don't you want to have self defense? You want self defense to be a big, big check mark on yep. your things that you want to be able Chicago. to do as a black man. You know, right? Something. Absolutely. You want to be able to defend yourself. So that's extremely important because that means that you have the right to defend yourself against any sort of deadly harm coming your that's way, right. and so you can exercise and right. you know and uh, neutralizing your target. That's right. At least Maj Teray understands that. Yeah. Our boy Maj, he write, he tweets, "Welcome home, Kyle Rittenhouse." Hashtag Black Guns Matter. Ooh, and and that's and and the other thing is people who are on the left who want to um, tamper or mess with gun laws. Uh, every time we've had a gun law on the books that limits the amount of guns to get out, especially when it started, if there's any place that racism is inherent in America, it would be on gun laws. It was actually gun laws. It was. It, that's where I mean, if there's ever well, the whole like, permit some, concept. 1664 was the first gun laws we saw against the Negro. Oh, in yep. America. Because they didn't want an uprising, right? Yeah. And so and, They wanted to make it hard you track, for the black people to get guns. You track all the And what does that mean? What is guns? Oh, that's operation of yourself to protect yourself and yeah. operate in freedom, yeah. right? Yeah. So no one can just come and take your stuff without you being able to defend right. yourself. Right. Well, everything that these guys on the left operate in, people who claim to love life also claim to kill all the babies. 
Right. Yeah. Also, right. people who say we should be able to um, protect and defend ourselves are taking the, the very right, right. away right. from black people to be able to do right. that. Yeah. And they, they want the same which power, means, which means they run in line with slave masters. That's right. So when you yep, see somebody that's exactly like, right. um, what's his name? King? I can't remember his name. Sean um, King. Sean King. I'm Ta- so te- te- tal- Talcum White. That's what Talcum I was thinking White. of. Um, when <laughs> Talcum somebody, X. Talcum X. Talcum X. Talcum X. These are the guys who are basically loving Massa. Because they are following yeah. along the lines of saying, "Hey, yeah. we want to make sure you're disarmed." Right. right. We so, right? we only want we only want the state to have guns. Yeah, How's that right. worked out for that's us? What, that's what Gavin Newsom wants. Right. That, that right. has not worked out yep. well right. for black people. Guns that only <laughs> he says guns that only military can carry. Right. Yeah. Michael is is uh, is Kyle a hero? Yeah, I think he is. I think um, I think he went up there. He tried to help. There's nothing wrong with having. A defense on him and when you watch the videos the kids showed amazing restraint under pressure right Got people kicking them hitting them doing all sorts of crazy things uh i don't know if i would have been that cool-headed it's pretty impressive when you think about it mm-hmm. and uh the, he's uh he did great on the stand i thought yeah he showed i mean there's a lot of awesome memes come out of that like <laughs> what's his name binger benger i don't know how you say his binger. name yeah um but i mean he's america's soy boy that's for for sure and he, the sort of ways he would ask questions was amazing. He would say things like, well, Kyle, like, that guy just had a little handgun and you had a big gun. You know, like, what is, yeah, yeah, yeah. what is this? Yeah. Like, who thinks this way? And right. the thing is what you realize is, like you guys said at the beginning of the show, is that it wasn't about truth. It's lies. And they'll use whatever propaganda, they'll twist anything, whatever, to fit a narrative uh, to try to manipulate the emotions of the jurors and anyone else that's watching. Really, people that are watching, too, they're playing to them as well to control the media and, and their right. reaction afterwards. What they want is they want, in particular black people, they want them to be disarmed so they can stay victims and not take responsibility for themselves so they can posture themselves as a, as a, as a hero. Yeah. Where the real heroes are the people that take responsibility for themselves and help their neighbors be self-sufficient. And that's what Kyle Rittenhouse, I think, was attempting to do. So yeah. well, that's why, that's why I, was, I was wondering when you said hero, and he asked you about hero, I was wondering if that's too strong of a term for Kyle. I don't know. I mean, I, I, I think those words a lot of times are traps. I think the kid was trying to help. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, is he Superman? Is he? There's other people. You know, you can think of good things. I guess what I mean is, so you wrote a book that yeah. we're going to talk to you about. Third segment. Um, it's good to be a man. And I guess part of what I'm asking is, is is he a role model? Is is he a man? Is he a man that um, that Christian men ought to respect? And think highly of, think well of. That's what I mean. By I hero. think well of him. I think well of him because yeah. I think one of the main attributes of a man is self control and taking responsibility for yourself. And right. at no point did I see him posture himself as a victim. Mm. I saw him take responsibility, stand on principles. You know, we can all like nit- nitpick at all this particularities, sure. but sure. When you, if you're like j- grading on a curve here, looking at the yeah. the substance of the matter, he's a young man that was trying to help other people, try to protect, provide, preside, yeah. right? Have all these this right. leadership. And, would yeah, you so I think would so. you rather have uh, young men at home on the couch, you know, playing video games, mm-hmm. right, in their mom's basement? Yeah. Or do you have young men thinking, you know what, um, they're burning people's property down, right. and the state said they're not going to come. The yep. police are not going to, they're not going to stop it. That's right. Um, and he apparently heard that there were people that needed medical care. And he also knew that there was this um, car dealership that um, he thought, at least, that the owners of had asked people to come protect. Um, would I rather have that kind of young man in this country? Absolutely. Uh, uh, yeah, every, every day, time. Every yeah, day right? of the week, rather Absolutely. than, than the, the weenie on the couch, mm. um, who, you know, is 
whatever. I mean, it's, it's or the other violent men. I mean, this is, sure. this is what we either yeah. have. Uh, we're having two different types of failed masculinity. We're having that, which is discharges their responsibilities, weak and sit on the couch and pornography and video games. And then we have those that have no discipline. They're angry, violent right. mobs. The only thing that can stop ungodly, dangerous people is godly, dangerous people. That's that right. act, and, and, and godly, dangerous people have control. That's what makes them especially right. dangerous, right. right? They're able right. to make good decisions. Right. And I think he, uh, for his age in particular, and right. the circumstances showed incredible right. uh, maturity and responsibility. I mean, people talk about his age being 17, but you know, it's you can enlist in the military at 17. Yeah. I mean, he, he could be in Afghanistan. He could be in Iraq. Yep. He, that's he, right. And, and, and carrying the, the, these weapons, and everybody be like, oh, that's fine. Why? Because our God is the state. That's right. We're a bunch of statists. And so it's fine for him to act that way if you're serving the state. But when he, when he acts like this way, when he acts this way defending um, his local community, yeah. And when he does it acting as a, as a man, just as an individual, as he does this acting like um, a, a citizen of a city um, or um, of, of protecting a business, when you, when you start beginning to think about these local governments, suddenly everybody's idolatry is on full display. Um, I think regardless of Kyle's individual faith in Christ or not, he was acting more like a Christian than many Christians in this country mm. today. Yeah. Yeah, I saw in the interview or in the trial where they tried to, the prosecutor tried to say, hey, you played Call of Duty and try to connect. Yeah, yeah, I saw that. But I also think like with Kenosha, uh, people's livelihood are being destroyed. Everything's being burned down. And and maybe it's from video games and television where you think, oh, that's no big deal. They can just rebuild or whatever. Entire livelihoods are being lost. And they're not, these people's lives are changed and they're not going to be the the same ever again. Right. Right. And they're not going to be able to rebuild maybe forever and certainly not for years if not decades and so there's a detachment across the whole culture and everyone wants to act like it's just uh well it's detachment there is like look this young man's trying to help people that's losing everything and there was lives uh through their livelihood being lost i think there's another part of this too that i was thinking about i think we i think kyle rittenhouse the whole situation is kind of giving us a moment to figure out what kind of america we're going to be are we going to be the kind of america because you've heard we heard it a lot there were rapists out there there were pedophiles out there yep. there were yep. come on they're Just burning vandals. down the city they yeah. thugs out there yeah. are we going to be the kind of america that let those people have our streets mm-hmm. to the point that we have to have a 17 year old young boy come out and play our hero for us or are we going to be the kind of people that say no not here you know are we going to be the kind of man that say not in our community not in our neighborhood right. that's not going to happen because the police i mean they they just let that happen it just they just let it they just sit there and watched right. and and that's a testimony to the kind of people that we are like i'm i'm what, I'm what are y'all doing yeah. nothing yeah are you serious sitting in your car that's what you're gonna do just gonna sit there i mean i think it's a time for us to actually take some some moment to reflect and repent that we have to have right. that kid right come out here when we were supposed to have our own Saul. Where's Saul at? He should be fighting for us right now. Yeah. Right? Like we should be the, and, and yeah. we don't, we don't currently the shepherd have that. Boy. The, the, the shepherd boy. Yeah, that's right. So, yeah. All right. We're going to, oh, that's right. We Babylon have B. Babylon B. Babylon Kyle B. Man is coming up to talk about our boy book. Kyle. Yeah. So we had that interview earlier this week and we're yeah. going to drop it in now. So we'll be back later. Third segment to talk about. It's good to be a man. Manhood. Yeah. Michael Foster. It's good to have you in the studio, man. Yeah. Dangerous. More yeah. cross politics coming up next. Hi, I'm Robert Borton, CEO of Classical Conversations. Our most precious commodity is time. No one has ever lied on their deathbed wishing they had spent more time making money. They all wish they had spent more time creating a legacy. Our modern education system steals that legacy, steals that time from our children. 
That's why I'm passionate about homeschooling. That's why at Classical Conversations, we want to give you more time to create that legacy, follow your passions, and glorify God. Visit classicalconversations.com for more information. We're doing it live! Oh, we're oh, doing it live! No, no, stop. Okay. Stop, Gabe, please. No one knows where that comes from. Yeah, by nobody the way. even knows what that means. That's because they ain't woke. <laughs> Yes. Okay. <laughs> Welcome back to Cross Politic and the Fight Laugh Feast Network. We're grateful to have with us Mr. Kyle Mann. He came back. He came. Yeah. Right. Editor in chief of the Babylon Bee. The, if, if you don't know what the Babylon Bee is, well, they do. Everybody knows. The CNN knows. Everybody knows. I don't like. I really want to like want to read this. It says a satirical conservative and Christian news site. I mean, that just sort of is seems it satirical like, anymore? It, it seems kind of. I don't yeah, know. I don't it's know. more prophetic now. Yeah. yeah. I think Together so. with Joel Berry, the managing editor, Kyle helps run the world's greatest satire site. Wow. True. Wow. No that lie. is true. Founded in 2016, it's trusted voice and humor. <laughs> trusted voice and humor for a wide range of modern Christians. Man was created in an ore spawning pit beneath the tower of Orthanc near the end of the Third Age. <laughs> Sarman, Toby doesn't know where to go with this. Many colored drew upon all his dark powers to imbue him with the ability to write satire, satire, of semi-acceptable quality from time to time, and also pillage many small villages in Gondor. Man oversees and approves all content posted to the site and writes a good bit of it himself. And is the author of brand new Babylon Bee Guide to Wokeness. How to take your wokeness to the next level by canceling friends, breaking windows, and burning it all to the ground. Kyle, thanks for coming back on Cross Politic. Yeah, you guys sounded surprised when you said that you have a returning guest. So what's your guys' rate of, uh, of guests who come back? Very poor. Very, <laughs> very poor. Well, so, so far there's Kyle Mann and there's... Kyle Mann, yeah. and, and well, we got David Bonson, yeah, Marcus Wilson, Pittman, come Doug, on, Doug you know? Wilson, yeah, we got Steve Dunn. Days. So really, Steve, not, not Steve a lot. Days. Out of all the people on. interviewed, they're I, all friends. You know, actually, what's different? What's different? About Are you, you our friend? What's different about you, Kyle, is that you've actually hosted an episode while we were going. Oh yeah, that's for, right. I forgot about that. For real, yeah, yeah. so memorable. Wait, so, so Kyle, since <laughs> it was so memorable. Oh yeah, I hosted a show for Cross Baltic and I forgot about it. Oh man, yeah. Sorry about that. No, so <laughs> so now that you wrote a book, obviously you're an expert on wokeness. Um, True. And and so um, we thought it would actually be really helpful for you to do kind of a, an assessment yeah. of cross politics, uh, corporate woke culture. Because yeah. as you yeah. know, I mean, um, we have two wh- uh, token white people, uh-huh. um, mm-hmm. and we're you know we're trying our best to be woke. We're kind of DC talkish a little here, you know, um, two honks so, and a negro. You know, um, so like you know, on a scale of one to ten, with you know. Kaepernick being one, blackface Virginia governor being 10. I mean, can you just kind of walk through our, our corporate woke culture and give us a, you know, your yeah. professional assessment? Yeah, I would need to get a better breakdown um, of all your guys's uh, intersectional identities. Oh. You know, I need, I need to know like orientations. Um, if you guys own any cats, um, <laughs> Star Wars fans, did you like the last Jedi? You know, like all of those. Yeah all of those things we need to kind of figure out your intersectional level. Cause even though you guys, you guys do have a, a decent race breakdown, it looks like, uh, but you guys also, a decent <laughs> race breakdown. You what, guys, what makes you say that Kyle? You guys, uh, well, you know, you know, you got a brother there. That's, 
that's pretty good. How do, how thank you. Know? you. Thank oh, you, wait, wait, thank wait, you wait, for wait, noticing wait. me. Wait, wait. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. How do you know how some of us identify? Yeah. I, you know, I would just like to apologize for that outburst on my part. <laughs> that microaggression. You know what? You're trained yeah, well. You're trained. Yeah. Awesome. I, I, I encroached upon your, your, your BIPOC spaces, and I just would like to. <laughs> oh. I, I'm, I'm going to try to do better. Uh, wait, going forward. Do you think you'll just do some more listening from here on out? I, I would I would really like to listen. I think white people should shut up, and that includes me, except what I'm saying right now. But other than that, white people right. should shut up. It includes you. Hey, so I'm, yeah. I'm from Texas. What does that mean to our corporate culture here at CrossPolitik? That is definitely a negative. Oh. Uh, <laughs> I mean, you can overcome it if you, like, spend the rest of your life apologizing for it or you write a book about how you survive. Um, you know, coming from the Bible Belt or uh, or the South or whatever. Yeah. You know, Kyle. At this very moment, I think I want to identify as a black male um, with some Indian mm-hmm. in him as well. So, okay. with that being the case, I want to know how much money Toby and Gabe owe me. Oh yeah, we did, we we can calculate that out for sure. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, the low reparations figures definitely start in the seven figures. Um, <laughs> and then we, could, I mean, we could, it just starts adding on, you know, you got all kinds of processing fees, interest. Yeah, uh, I don't know how much they, do they microaggress you quite a bit oh, there? Bro. It seems like it. Oh. It seems like it. It's the, how do you know? Only at the times that I, ch- I choose to identify as, as, as a black male, do they microaggress me? So yes. That's, wait, wait, wait. So I need to, I need to know what are signs of kind of microaggression here in our company culture? Cause we need to, we need to work on that here. What are some signs? I've got one right here. Actually, Gabe sent this text this morning, this morning to us. This quote, it says, there's a black mouth moving, but a white idea running on the runway of the tongue of a figure who justifies and legitimates the white supremacist practices. That's that's Michael Eric Dyson, and you sent that to us this morning. Yeah, that's going on our corporate culture yeah. um, operations manual. Dude, that's a microaggression. Yep. That was beautiful. That almost sounded like a spoken word verse. <laughs> so, so what are some microaggressions we need to, you know, kind of work on this in our company culture here across politics? You know, what are some microaggressions we need to be kind of aware of so we don't do it? Yeah, well, you're doing it right now. I mean, <laughs> breathing, you know, breathing is, is an obvious one. Thank you, Kyle. I've been trying to work with them with that. You know, when I when I um, when I see their faces, actually, I just microaggression. Mm-hmm. Ah, mm-hmm. you know. Yep. yep. But it, but I thought we were kind of I'm like having a black friend. Isn't see, that like see, see, he just did it. No. You have reduced him to your black friend. Thank you, Kyle. Um, Thank you, man. Yeah, that's not good, man. No. Yeah, no, no, no. No, yeah. Um what's the yeah, more? the thing about the thing about microaggressions is it's, you know, no matter what you do, it's a microaggression because if you say, you know, if you point out, "Oh, my friend is black." Now you've reduced him to his skin color, but if you don't point it out and you just see him as a, as an individual, now you're being colorblind. So it's a, it's a microaggression either way. A microaggression, yeah. Boom! I've been trying to tell you. So, Kyle, help, help. <laughs> I, I, I just want you to know that I really, for the first time in the show, I appreciate you being here. This has been for the first time. Yeah, for the first time, because <laughs> you know, no one has spoken for me like this. Because I don't have lips to speak for myself. And sometimes, yeah. if I do speak, it's white people who are using me as puppets to speak. So, Kyle. So, so, so to, let me let me um, paraphrase this for you. You just um, interrupted Kyle, a brother from but, talking. But I was going to help him no, better I, understand what you were just, just saying. Just like though. white people, you need <laughs> to help me, huh? You, you need you need to. Oh, I get it. God, one thing we know for sure is that everything flows from the church. And so the culture that we have is because of the church. How can the church, I don't know, uh, be as woke as Jesus was so that we can have a better wokeness in the culture? 
Yeah, we know that Jesus was woke. Um, <laughs> you know, that that's kind of obvious. He was a socialist. Um, you know, he fed the 5,000 by raiding a nearby village and uh, <laughs> uh-huh. taking all their money and wait, wait, redistributing it. Wait, he did what? <laughs> he fed the 5,000. Yeah, didn't he steal that food they from a kid? Like, he took it from a little kid. Yeah. You know what What's in your lunch bag, boy? Give me that. Yeah. He deboed you're, uh, Yeah. That's, that's, that's you're right. not reading the right translation if you don't, if you haven't seen that. But, oh. Um, oh. Yeah. You know, Jesus Jesus was definitely woke um, on, a, on a lot of levels. He, he entered entered Jerusalem while driving a Prius. Um, <laughs> oh. I, oh. He, he was a brown yeah. refugee. Oh, really? He was yeah. A re- oh, yeah. Yeah. He was a refugee. Uh, when Lazarus died, Jesus raised him from the dead so he could vote Democrat. Um, Bars. That's yeah. that's. Funny. Well, he didn't even need to raise him from the dead to vote Democrat. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Well, he didn't. They didn't have Dominion voting machines. No, no. Yeah. Back then, back then. Who were some? Yeah. Who were some woke characters in the Bible? Oh yeah, you you can pretty much look at anybody in the Bible. I mean, obviously the the, the obvious one is Satan, right at the beginning. Oh. Um, <laughs> he's woke. Yeah, he's woke. Uh, We've got um, Eve. She, you know, she was she founded the women's liberation movement. Um, <laughs> Dang! Now, now, yeah, Kyle, Kyle, you said you said that uh, I, th- I think you, you said that uh, Eglon was was woke, mm-hmm. um, or, or no Ehud because he, uh, he killed Eglon, the, the fat king. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, he stabbed his sword right into the fat king, so he killed the patriarchy. Oh, I see. I was I was concerned that might be some kind of form of fat shaming. Oh, this is true, and I I like to applaud you for your ability to see things the woke lens. Where I'm trying I'm trying to point out something problematic, and you double down, and then you call me out, and you kind of do like a woke juke on me. That's the, mm. that is that is key to being woke. Is always mm. trying to one up everybody else. Mm. So thank, thank you for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, you know, for that, Pastor Toby. Uh, uh, am I woke? A little bit? There you go. You woke, bro. Do any of my uh, reparations payments, do I get like a reparation discount now? No, not, not until you get your ally card. And once you get your ally card, then oh. you can start, you know. Oh, okay. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll okay. figure out from there. We'll um, need a new apartment in the I, IRS I to work that out. I also noticed that uh, Moses was married to a black woman. Right. And you notice, uh, Kyle, go ahead. I'll let you take this one first because I got some, but go ahead. <laughs> Moses was married to a black woman. Um, but again, I mean, that could also be problematic, right? Because that means he's just, it, it's a token thing. Oh. And we are, as, as, as woke people, we're, we're back into segregation now. Oh, so that's a, right. Yeah. Right. So well, like marrying a black woman, adopting black children, that's kind of thing. It's like colonization. Well, I just want to know mm-hmm. what color was the puppet hand that was causing her to talk anyway, <laughs> I, because that's how we'll know if she was truly black. You know, one of the things in that story too is um, notice what God cursed the people with who didn't like the color of Moses' wife's skin. Leprosy. What color is leprosy? White. Man. So so how come uh, Democrats can never really be uh, racist? It, you know, it's like, I mean, you can put on a black face as a white man, Democrat, or you can put on a KKK hoodie, yeah. or you can kill black babies and, and, and abort them as a white doctor, and, and you, just, you just, it can't be racist. Yeah, I'm a, 
I, I, I'm offended that you called them babies because the, really babies are one of the oppressor classes. Um, the clumps of cells that are um, harmfully colonizing oh. womb spaces, I, I think. It's a, so I think you've really exposed some of your inherent, um, your inherent bias and bigotry there. Yeah, misogyny. And, uh, you're, you're a misogynist. Inter- so it's like internalized. My, yeah. I can't even ask my question. Uh, that you know what, Democrats Kyle, can't be racist. I'm gonna tell you something, Kyle. I just actually that was deep, bro. Yeah. Mm. That was I'm 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 tracking Co- with you. Colonizing the womb, the womb space. That was deep. That mm-hmm. was right. Mm. So, kind of when I was going through this and reading some of the parts of your book, to be very honest with you, I was a little upset. And here's mm. why I was upset. And this is serious, <laughs> kind, kind of serious. <laughs> this is kind of serious because I I got afraid that people on the left. And the woke culture would grab this book and start saying, "That's a good idea." Wait a second, mm-hmm. <laughs> we ain't done that one yet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's a good. That's some good advice. And I'm like, Kyle, why are you giving them options? That you helping them out with this? Because while it's satire, I've seen too much satire on you guys' site Come turn true. into reality. No, no. Yeah. For real. It's true. I mean, uh, yeah. We sometimes we think that they go on BabylonB.com every morning, and that's where they get their ideas, but. Uh, <laughs> I mean, well, and part of the problem, too, is, we, you know, it takes a while to get a book published. So we wrote this six months ago yep. and now it's all it's all come true. You know, <laughs> <laughs> so we already need to issue a second edition. that's a, a little more absurd, I guess. You know, why did you guys choose the, the, the title um, wokeness to be able to write on that out of all the things inside of the, the left and the kind of the social justice movement? Wokeness. Why that? I mean, it definitely seems to be the cultural moment right now. Right. And I think. Wokeness is is a fun topic to write about because it doesn't sound as partisan like we're going to let's write a book, you know, slamming Democrats. It's like, let's hit the woke insanity wherever that happens to touch. And wokeness really does touch all areas of life, which open it up for so many different topics. You know, we got to do stuff on TV shows and the church and race and gender. And wokeness is kind of this this fuzzy moving target. Right. So it really did open it up. Uh, the comedy space where we could write about all kinds of different things, you know, punch mm-hmm. the other way sometimes as well. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, it does definitely seems to be the talking point right now is this wokeness, CRT, social justice stuff. Mm-hmm. Where is, um, you know, it's funny when you say that it's usually I can decide, Oh, you're this because you have this ideology. So I know you're left because you're pro choice. Right. Um, but with wokeness, it really does cross yeah conservative liberal independent yeah. it, it is like cancer in the body it doesn't matter it's touching everywhere so who are some of the places that where are some of the places that you guys decide to wake up and say okay this is going to be our source who's giving you guys the endless well of treasures yeah um well i mean you're right in that like wokeness has been this this realignment you know mm-hmm. I, I, um I, it's amazing to me if I look back five years ago when the Babylon Bee was founded and the people who were following us and sharing our stuff and that now like would never be associated with us, you know, and, and it's wow. and it's this weird and it's like stuff where, yeah, may, maybe we went a little more political. Maybe we maybe we went a little more right or something. I don't know. But it does feel more like we've kind of kept doing what we're doing. And this woke realignment is like, you know, we're having people on our podcast that are uh, you know, liberals <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Are, and they're the ones that are pushing back against the, some of them on that side. And then we have, you know, we'll talk to atheists who are pushing up uh, against it. And there's this weird cultural war realignment right. 
where it's not, you know, the stuff that we were worried about in 2016, you know, white supremacy and Christian nationalism and stuff has just gone by the wayside. That's not the threat to the church, it seems like, anymore. So I don't even know if I answered your question. But what, So g- give an example. Yeah. You said you mentioned, you know, taking wokeness allows you to actually punch the other way. And I assume by that you mean conservatives. Um, what are some places where we're, where we're um, uh, or, or, or conservative Christians? You know, why, where are we, where's wokeness seeping in uh, to where, you know, in those circles where we ought to know better? Yeah, I mean, wokeness in, in, the, in the conservative Christian circles, it, it is kind of seeping into areas where you see it more like in the mainline evangelical church. Um, and you see people that are kind of in that space where they consider themselves conservatives, maybe theologically conservative, but their churches are going that way. Um, and I, yeah, I don't know if it's a, I don't know if it's a grassroots thing or it's a top down thing coming from, you know, seminaries and pastors that are getting churned out like this. Mm. Um, so we're definitely seeing, I, I know there's areas that we buy into, you know, we'll start discussing using their terms and their, um, yeah. and their paradigms. And I, you know, it is concerning when you see it like that. I, I was, uh, I mean, one thing that comes to mind, we've hit this on the show before, but like, what's the Matt Chandler thing where he was talking about elders and, seven and eight. And, and yeah, you know, yeah. if he was rating white elders and black elders, and it was like, yeah. if I had a, a, a white eight and a, and a black seven and a black seven, I would take the black seven yeah. anytime, every time, <laughs> every, every time. You're like, ouch! Did you did yeah. you not hear that, Kyle? That happened. I, that was I, like five years ago. I hadn't heard that. Heard that, but that was you know me and Adam Ford who founded the Babylon Bay. We were talking about this four or five years ago, and we were like, I wonder what the next big war is in Christianity because we. You know, we had just kind of come off the whole like, <laughs> I mean, it feels like we were just fighting about worship songs and organs in the church. Yeah, <laughs> you know? And it's like, yeah. we had, and that was like tame, you know, and I think I remember it's near Adam, but one of us said it's going to be this, it's going to be this critical race theory stuff. That's going to be the next big I, battle. And you see it like Christian conferences that are holding segregated events. Yeah. And, you know, that was a few years back. But right. uh, yeah, you're definitely seeing that um, in fact places that you thought were like theologically conservative. Well, I just, just for the record, I want everyone to know that, that Knox is a black nine. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> oh, well, um, well, cross politics was a fun, was a fun idea. <laughs> now, and now the woke culture is killing us <laughs> and taking us down. <laughs> I was just thinking, how small do I want my mansion in heaven? <laughs> Is it, would it be worth it? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I lose a no, few crowns. Just let it go. Just you know, let it go. You know, one of the things that has been boring for me in all of this conversation with critical race theory, intersectionality, social justice, wokeness, is that everybody is saying all the same stuff. And there isn't anybody who is actually tip of the spear in the fight. You get a little knowledge about it, but it doesn't have any. It's, it's kind of all in the brain. What I love what you guys are doing is you guys are using comedy to just to show the foolishness of this thing yeah. and that people laugh and and that laughter is in so you're doing something in the mind where they're connecting the dots but it comes out in a tangible reality through the body right and so it's that, not shrill it's not it, a right. shrill response so and, that yeah. it uh-huh. creates laughter and it kind of to me I've been really on this kick about gnosticism but laughter is the thing that connects the thought and in the physical reality so that the body so that something happens and so it's like the most effective way to fight this and so why is it that i mean you guys are deciding to use laughter and and satire to be able to really engage this yeah gk chesterton wrote that uh, humor can get in under the door while seriousness is still fumbling at the handle Mm. and i think that that you know that really says it all in terms of how comedy can cut through our, our 
our, our preconceived ideas. It can cut through worldviews. It can cut across partisan lines. It can cut through the noise of a, of a crazy, passionate political discussion. Mm. Because w- once you're laughing, your guard's down. You're not, um, you're not really necessarily thinking about the worldview of the person who's writing this. You're just thinking, oh, that made me laugh. And then right. maybe on the back end, you're like, oh, that's actually saying something. This is what the left has been so good at through narrative and comedy and, yeah. and art through the years, you know, is that they've been able to tell a story and communicate a worldview just through a, just through a good story, just through a good movie or a children's movie or whatever. And, and we on the right have typically been a lot worse at that Um, i think that's changing but i do think that it's something that we've been bad at um so yeah if that answers your question at all i mean who would have thought that's a great quote who would have thought it would be dave Chappelle? and (laughs) and you know joe rogan joe rogan (laughs) come on and and the babylon b whoa (laughs) for real yeah here we go whoa whoa i love this i've been waiting to use this yeah All right, the Babylon Bee's Guide to Wokeness. Go and get it right now. How to take your wokeness to the next level by canceling friends, breaking windows, and burning everything to the ground. <laughs> where do, Kyle, where do you want to point people to to buy the book? Yeah, it's available everywhere. It's on Amazon, but if you hate Amazon, then do something else. That's fine, too. It's a, <laughs> any, any bookstore is cool. So. Very good. All right, during the break, Kyle, we're going to talk to you about how to take our uh, wokeness to the next level here across politics. I'm going to go take a lunch, and you guys can figure out with Kyle how to be more woke. <laughs> more across politics coming up next. Welcome back to Cross Politic. This segment's brought to you by Shannon and his team at Works. They specialize in concealed carry holsters for pistols with lights. And I'm just saying, Black Friday's coming up. Yeah. Hey, he's going to be on the show. Coming up. Yep. Shan's going to be on the show on Wednesday. Shan's too. coming up. Yep. Yeah. His team at Works believe every defensive pistol should have a light and a holster. They currently offer holsters for 1,274 pistol and light combinations. Mm. Plus, they can help outfit your pistol with a light. Use their holster finder at works.com. That's works with a Z. Dot com forward slash cross politic and be prepared to defend day and night. We talked before on the show about how we really appreciate I mean, I, I love that that point about having a light on yep. your gun. Yeah. Um, they, they, they have them attached um, yeah. uh, to the to the pistol, you got yours on. I did. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. yeah. Um, But you know, you, just don't what to do what the prosecutor does and like point men, it at the jury. <laughs> yeah, well, don't, don't don't let, me, let me show you. <laughs> yeah, men men who you know this back to Michael's point. Um, men are are to be um, dangerous, um, have their da- their, their dangerousness, um, their strength under control. Yeah. Um, yeah, which means it's not enough just to say I've got a gun, but do you know what you're shooting at? Do, do you, you know, do Amen. you know I mean, it, and it, also, you know, I keep saying this and I think it's so important. We were talking about disarming black people and that's the whole idea, especially around this time slavery. Um, 
The other thing is that the reason why you want to do that is because carrying a gun makes you a certain type of person that thinks yep. a certain type of way yep. about other individuals That's right. and yep. yourself and the environment. It makes you think through situations way before they happen. You saw that with Rittenhouse. Yep. Rittenhouse had thought through what are, what's being defensive. When do I actually shoot a person? Yep. When can I actually engage? He had thought through all those things. You could see um, his process was operating quickly um, while he was had heightened uh, adrenaline running through his body, right? Yeah. He was, had adrenaline running. He was operating well. Yeah. And, but it's even when you don't have a gun, if you carry one, when you, if you don't have it on you, it still brings something out of you. Like, okay, I need to engage. And you think about yeah. the situation. Makes you a more thoughtful man. Yes. And, and because you know what that is that you're carrying and the, what it's supposed to do, it always makes you think of how to deescalate a situation. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. right? Yeah. You are thinking constantly of being cool, being chill. Like, hey, deescalate as much as possible right. because that's not where we want to go. And, and men need to think that way in general. That's I mean, right. I mean, you, you're always dangerous because God made you a man. That's right. Whether you, you are carrying or not, you're always carrying. That's in, right. In a sense, because God made you a man. Michael Foster's with us. Uh, he's a serial entrepreneur, it says. Mm. Really? Mm. Is, hey, how many kids you have? I have, we've had eight. Eight. Yep. Oh, he beat, wow. he beat you. Okay. Baptized, they're all baptized. I, I, Woo! Yeah, 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 amen, praise the Lord. Uh, he's a, a bivocational pastor. Um, God has blessed him with a beautiful wife. This is seven children. We have eight now? We did. We lost one. Oh, but oh okay. We have okay. eight all together, but okay. we have seven with us now. Four okay. boys, three girls. And uh, and pastor of East River, River Church. You guys in, are booming too, aren't you? In, am I going to say this right? Batavia? Uh, Batavia. Yeah, Batavia. There you go. Right. How close are you to Chappelle? Uh, Chappelle, he's about 90 minutes from us, maybe two hours. Mm. So he's is yeah, Ohio? He and I have a mutual friend. This is Ohio? Uh -huh. Okay, all right, all right. Just outside of Cincinnati, it says. And he's the author of the brand new book, It's Good to Be a Man. Um, so maybe just start by just talking to us, Michael, about what, um, what I mean, what is a man? What is a man? I mean, we, I mean, we, I, we live in the metaphysical well, That's is. an important question we, now these we days. We live in this world. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We live in yeah. this world. Like, I mean, what? He doesn't have a period. I can tell you that much. Oh. oh. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well. What, what else? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, God made uh, mankind in two varieties, male and female. That's it. And that's part of your identity forever, ontologically, uh, biologically. So you're either male or female. Nothing can change that. Jesus is male forever. So guys like Jerome would talk about how the resurrection is all member and sex. So they're talking about your, your biological reality. And if it's not, it's not real. So if you don't believe that sexuality is an ongoing, enduring part of existence, you end up having... Uh, a, a false understanding of who Christ is, a false understanding of Jesus' true humanity, that when he was resurrected, he was resurrected as a man, as mm. a male, right? Mm -hmm. uh, so maleness or femaleness is part of our identity forever. And there's nothing you do that's not affected by your sex because it's part of your nature. And so why men and women share a lot in common, obviously, uh, we are distinct by God's design, and that's good. And that's what we wanted to focus on. Uh, a lot of the male uh, sexuality books we see out there is like kind of uh, they're taking the marching orders from feminism by reacting to it. Uh -huh. And we wanted to talk about the goodness. We didn't write a write a book like women can't do this or, right. you know, right. rather it's good to be a man. Here's yeah. here's why God's design's good. And here's why it's under attack. And it's under attack uh, for bigger reasons than just the last several waves of feminism. But there's actual spiritual attack on men. There always has been and there always will be. 
<clears throat> because there's two patriarchies. There's the patriarchy that flows from God the Father. And right, that's not a metaphor that we push on to God. God is the Father from which all Father gets its name. Right. And there's another Father, uh, which is the devil. And he has sons too, and they take on the likeness of their father. So there's such thing as an evil mm. patriarchy that needs to be smashed. But patriarchy is also uh, one way to think about it. It's like gravity. You can't smash gravity. Gravity is part of the cosmos. So patriarchy is part of God's cosmic structure. Yeah. And it's inevitable. So the question isn't whether men will rule. They will. It's which men will rule. Right. Will it be godly men or will it be like Pharaoh? When Pharaoh ruled and he was scared of people overturning his rule, what did he do? Uh, he killed the not the firstborn daughters of Israel, but the firstborn right. sons. Because right. they would they posed a threat to his tyranny. Tyrants hate strong men. Right. Tyrants want pornography to be legal because it keeps, uh, as Toby's got a real famous talk that, that gets a lot of play, uh, don't give your strength to women. Yeah. And that doesn't mean don't give your strength to a woman because in Proverbs 31, there is a woman that you give your strength to, the virtuous, godly woman. And what sh what does she do with your strength? She multiplies it. Mm. She grows it, right? Yeah. You know, and, and through the sex act, we give something to a woman. She gives us a person, right? Right. We give her flowers. She gives us bread. We provide her resources and she takes the house and makes it into a home. Yeah. Uh, so what we don't want to do is give... Our, our strength, our drive to a woman who is merely a consumer or a parasite that drags her whole house down to, to hell. And that's what Proverbs warns about. So what this book is about is men, here's how to take your God-given desires, whether it's a desire for sex, a desire to build great things and be ambitious. Uh, churches will look down on ambition. And we know ambition can be terrible. We see like uh, Cain, God said, you're going to walk the whole earth. And what does he do? But build a city and name it after his four, first uh, born son, right? Yeah. Out of pride. Yeah. Um, or, or Babel. We're going to build, we're make our name great. Right. And then, uh, but there is a, a godly ambition because it's a, it's a godly thing to aspire to be an elder in the church. It's a godly mm -hmm. thing to aspire to rule in a way that glorifies God. Yeah. And, and so what do you see in Pentecost? But a reversal of the Tower of Babel and magnifying the name of Christ. All these people come together in different languages, not one, magnifying one name. And so men are made to magnify God, so they need to be ambitious. Men also are meant to run in gangs, in packs, in a tribe. And that's why right out the gate in Proverbs chapter one is, what does Solomon say? Solomon says, my, my son, don't, if they say, come on, let's go jump this guy, steal all his stuff, and we'll split it. Don't do it. The reason he starts there, because he knows you're gonna be tempted to do it yeah. because we want men to spend that are brothers. We want a fraternity. So all those things are godly, but they can be twisted yeah. and they have been twisted by the fall, but through uh, the gospel, through redemption, through uh, regen regeneration and the restoration of, of grace, these things can be changed back to the original design, not obliterated, yeah. which is really what evangelicals and egalitarians and even a lot of complementarians act this way, where sex distinctions are, are removed and they misinterpret Galatians 3.28 yeah. um, to say that, hey, we're all one in Christ. And we say, yeah, but, you know, I still got a penis. Right. Yeah. yeah. We st I'm still a man. I still have testosterone. Yeah. Uh, she still can have babies and I can't. No matter how much uh, facial hair some chick grows, she's still a chick. Um, <laughs> yeah. uh, no, no. Those things are enduring. They're part of God's good design uh, so that it, it doesn't obliterate it, but neither does it elevate it like in a Mormon sense. Right. where like our, our natures changed into something else. Right. We believe that, as Bavink said, that grace restores nature back to that original design. And, and that's what our book's about. It's about how the gospel, it's about how the goodness of God's design worked together for you to become the man that God made you to be. Not just being a good man, because you can't be a good man that's not good at being a man. 
right? Mm-hmm. So you got a guy, take Trump, he was good at being a man. Ambitious, built things, good with the ladies, good with money, good at leadership and influence. Was he a good man? Well, <laughs> there's things that God used him for that we're thankful for. Yeah. Sure. But also the man's a serial adulterer. He's a very mm-hmm. proud man that says he doesn't need uh, redemption. That, all those things are bad and not true. So is he a good man? Not in the ultimate Christian sense. Yeah, yeah. But, but I'll tell you what, guy, there's certain guys, I think David French doesn't like uh, Donald Trump because the Trump's better at being a man. And so, Ooh, and bars, so, the, and so, <laughs> so these guys, but uh, so, but you want to be good in, in virtue, but also yeah. good in what God's made you to be in design. your design. Yeah, right? yeah. I, I really like the point you made about the inescapability of patriarchy. There's a good patriarchy yeah. and a bad patriarchy, but it's not, it's not like you can go to somewhere in this world where there isn't patriarchy at That's work. Right. The same, I mean, uh, George Gilder makes the same point really well in his book, men in marriage, which I think we've, we've mentioned before on the show. We actually we had, should have him had, come on. We've had, we've had George yeah, on before, that, yeah. but, um, but you know, he makes this point really well. I mean, and this is like three decades ago, four decades ago when he's talking about the fact that even with feminine, um, who, you know, they got most of their things that they got legally over the years um, because a male judge ordered it, or even if it was a female judge, and then they ordered up the cops and the army, the military, basically that is the threat of lethal force from what? From men. That's right. um, saying, you will do this. You will hire this number of women. Um, you will allow the women into the military. You know, these yep. so-called feminist gains, how have they gotten them? Through men. And so through, the, through an yeah, evil patriarchy. Exactly. And the evil patriarchy loves to use women against men. Yeah. The devil did it with Eve. Uh, the Philistines did it with Delilah. Yeah. Uh, the, the Pharaoh yeah. tried to do it with the midwives, but they were right. godly and feared the Lord and right. wouldn't do it. Right. Yeah. And so it's constant. You see these men try to use women who they, uh, who can be ultimately often more compliant simply because of less of testosterone. <laughs> They're not as aggressive as we are. Right. Um, so they love to stack the middle of institutions with compliant women. And that's why I think, I always tell women, look, you're gonna work for the patriarchy. You're gonna work for your husband and build up your name together in your household, or you're gonna build up the emaciated household that is corporate America, that has a chairman of the board or a CEO that's a man, almost always. And I'll tell you what, they will fire you and they will replace you and they'll miss you for a day, maybe. But another one's there. If my wife dies, we're crushed forever. She'll never be forgotten and her work will go on uh, forward. That's right. And so what what do you want? You want a plaque? You want a little plaque that says you did a good job, <laughs> right. or you yeah. want children that f- that praise your name in the gates? Right. That's yeah. what a woman's yeah. going to want, right? Yeah, amen. So For generations, generations. Let's Absolutely. let's talk about sex a little bit. Um, you talk about the war on sex in the book. Why? You know, what is that war? Yeah. So people, when they get into this conversation, so if you like, take the the title of the book. Um, it's good to be a man. Oh, oh, so you're saying it's not good to be a woman, right? <laughs> That's not how people perceive things. Uh, that, no. I was hurt. Yeah. <laughs> like, why is he right? Why not? Is it good to be a why woman? Why isn't it called, it's good to be a black man. Why not? Or a short man. It's all right to be a water short boy, right? Man. Short black man. Um, or a gay celibate man. Toby, too far. Oh. It was funny. It, me yeah. and Knox were kind of yeah, funny. You yeah. went too far. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, we'll see how far yeah. we can expand this. Yeah. <laughs> oh, we can. <laughs> but uh, and <laughs> you guys are making me lose my, my train of thought. Well, we're getting right back to it is that um, what was your question? My again? question was why the war on set? When you okay, yes. Yeah. Okay, so it's not. 
uh, it's not a men versus women. We were meant to, uh, Doug, I, I just did man rampant with him a little bit yeah. ago, and he, he made a great point that uh, you need to understand men and women like you understand a violin and a bow. They're meant to go together. They're meant to complement each other. Like you can't. So even you're a complementarian? Uh, um, well, it depends what you mean by that. <laughs> Hold right? on. I, I want to get to that. I yeah, really yeah, want right? to get to it that. It depends yeah. what you mean by that. Yeah. But so uh, the problem is, is that it's not men versus women. Or women versus right. men. It's not misandry or uh, misogyny right. or misandry, excuse me. What the real war is androgyny, I think. The war is androgyny. And, and Peter Jones, uh, Dr. Peter Jones, has yeah. written a, a, a fantastic yeah. article that is not respected in the way it should be. I think it it gets to the core of the issue. As I've, I've reflected on this since I started sociology back in 1999, um, I've been kind of obsessed with androgyny. And I read his paper, and I was like, this man gets it. And basically, androgyny is the diminishing uh, of, of sexual distinctions by making them interchangeable or mixing yep. them into, like, one thing. It's like when you take all the uh, watercolors and they all just turn brown, right? Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's the attack. And, and you see that attack this way. If you think about the uh, creation, it's God to mankind as a unit. Inside yep. that, man to woman. And then mankind over creation. That's the flow of authority. And then what you have is the creation the devil in the form of creation, the serpent comes to the woman, the woman to the man, and then mankind is a unit to God. It's a flipping of the creation order. The devil hates order. God is a God of order. Yeah. Devil is an agent of chaos, of a rebellion. So part of God's created order, uh, the way the rank system, the way he sets things up is sexual. And, and the devil hates sex. He hates it. He hates it. Uh, both in its uh, in the created order sense that it brings hierarchy and structure to God's cosmos. He also hates that it it, it magnifies the name of God because through sex we we fill the world with mm. those that bear His image and by the gospel mm. we fill the world with those that praise the name of God. That That's is right. so the 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 Great Commission is just the creation mandate restated for people that need to know Jesus. Right. Right. Mm. But they're both the same thing. Right. Fill this planet. Every nation. Right. Every last nation is going to be taught to praise Jesus as king. Right, and that starts with one man. As the man goes, so goes the household. As the household goes, so goes society, right? And right. that's if right. the men um, don't fear God, it's going to bleed into everything. And mm -hmm. that's why if we want to have a culture war, a good place to establish a beachhead is our men. Wow. Just kind so, of wind them up. Boom. So, no, I know he can Boom. just So as, you, as you're I taking feel like I want a shotgun. Okay, well, I'll give you I'll give you some of these. <laughs> Praise God. Uh, you know what to do with those, right? Uh, so as you look at the the field right now of men, if you could put your finger on one thing to get them to engage, to to equip them, what would that be? To equip them. Uh, well, the biggest problem with men right now is that uh, two things. Um, so victimhood and passivity, and they're they're deeply related. Uh, so they think you see this even guys that understand feminism and the destruction it's brought in our society mm -hmm. that they'll blame feminism uh, for their failure mm. to launch for their failure to take responsibility for themselves. And that's why I like books like extreme ownership by Jocko Willink, I think has really captured the imagination of so many young men or Jordan Peterson when he talks about cleaning your room. Right. And, yeah, and, yeah, and yeah. so in a nutshell, it's about taking responsibility yeah. Uh, for yourself and taking dominion first over yourself and then whatever's nearest to you. So that's step one is take you. You might not be to blame for all the, all the bad things in your life, but you are absolutely 
responsible for all no. of them, right? And no. if you and if you don't take responsibility for yourself, there will be no change, okay? And then out of that, action has to flow. You have to take basic action. Read your Bible, go to church, get a job, right? right? right. You know, if you're struggling with pornography and masturbation, how about you take a cold shower in the morning? Because if you can masturbate in a cold shower, like uh, you got deeper problems, right? Uh, but <laughs> hop in that cold shower. Uh -huh. and, and get out the door and, uh -huh. and work a second job if you have to, right? Uh -huh. Get tired building things you care about. Don't be exhausted just to be exhausted, but take that energy that God's given you and turn it into an engine of productivity. Right. I think once you start getting that wind, men are like, uh, it's like when the bike chain falls off the bike, you put the chain on the big gear, and then you put it on the other gear and you turn the pedals and it pops on. Right, huh. And so what guys got to realize, look, just pop it on. You don't need to know all the steps, man. Right. You don't yeah. need GPS uh, turn by turn. You just need a compass and a direction and get out there. I think our education though has kind of brought us like, okay, I can do it if you can just walk me through the bullet points. Yep. Like if, That's if right. I get the steps, then I'll be able to do it. But I'm, the more and more that I'm living it and working through this, it's like, no, you need to engage. Because there isn't like a, an exact roadmap for this. It's get inside of this, inside of your little sphere, get your hands in the dirt and start planting some stuff. Well, I think I think Pastor Doug likes to say sometimes that obedience is the great opener of eyes and maybe he's quoting someone else, but um, obedience is the great opener of eyes. Like put your yeah. foot in front of your other foot. Like do the yeah. thing you're supposed to do today. That's right. And then let God will open your eyes. You, right. You'll see the next thing you're supposed to do. You take right. the next step. You don't have to see the whole picture. Um, I, I really like what you're saying. I, we, we had uh, uh, David Bonson on actually yeah. earlier this week and, and talked to him. His book kind of looks like our book. You guys noticed that his book design yeah. is really similar. But he's got another book called Crisis of Responsibility. Yeah. Um, where he, and I, I brought this up with him because like um, he's got this new book, 200, uh, what is it? 50 Economic Truths. There's no yeah. free lunch. There's no free lunch. Right? And uh, 250 Truths About Economics or whatever. And you read it and part of my response and like, uh, like my flesh was sort of like, man, we're screwed. Yeah. Like this, like we don't have a free market, and and uh, and I love how he just came. I mean, just I mean, he just he just came at me. He really. did. He, he did. He was he just did. like, "Well, suck it up, Toby. Um, <laughs> take responsibility. Take responsibility." Yeah. And it's and it's exactly what we need to hear. And but the central thing too to remember is, I mean, this is the gospel Amen. at work. Like this, it's it doesn't get more practical than this. That's right. Jesus didn't make this mess. We did, yeah. and he came into this world to take responsibility for it for us. Stood in our place took the judgment we deserve, right. rose from the dead, having crushed the head of the serpent, and says, all right, now you get to work. Yeah. Yep. Mm, like, it's he, hard. He did, he did the hard work. He already yep. did the heavy lifting. And, and then now he's, he gives us his spirit mm -hmm. so you can put one foot in front of the other. And is it hard? Yeah, but you were made for this. Yeah. You like God invented men for this. That's yep. right. And when, that's the and, balance too. You got to strike with this issue because I do think the whole man up kind of like boomer man up types barking at these guys. Yeah. Like it's hard to man up when you don't know how to be a man. Okay. Yeah. And when you don't know Jesus. Yeah. You don't know Jesus. Yeah. It's impossible. Right. Right. To be a man as you ought to be. Uh, so I do think we, we got to tell man, Hey, you need to be what God made you. That's essentially man up, but you have to show them. So there's a balance of, of some instruction. Like guys don't know how to hold eye contact. They don't know how to shake hands. They yeah, certainly don't yeah, know how to talk yeah, to women. Yeah. Like I have guys that go on dates and they're like, it didn't go well. And I'm like, well, well, it happened. Like, well, I brought this list of questions to ask her about, you know, like, I was like, what do you mean a list of questions? Do you like cats? Yeah, well, probably. <laughs> well, oh, there's one guy, uh, I can't say all the things. If, too many private things. <laughs> I, just, I just tell you that guys bring up things on first dates that Emily and I haven't even resolved yet. Well, I wanted to know if uh, what her views were paying for the college education of our kids, our potential kids. I'm like, 
What are you talking about? On a first date, right. have fun. Superlapsarian or infralapsarian? <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's a serious question. Don't do that. But they're really, they're really <laughs> that fight words. <laughs> um, so what I, I think these guys need encouragement. Like you said, you are a man. God's made you to do this. You can do it. Okay. Yeah. You can do it. Man, go get it. Right? What if I fail? So what? Welcome right. to manhood. Right. Manhood is a series of failures that you'll learn from. Right. And 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 they are so scared of failing because they they think it's a performance mindset. That's why the gospel frees you, mm -hmm. because I'm not trying to be the perfect man. Right? There's only one of those. You know, I think there's a um, in this. There's a breakdown of fatherhood as well, um, and it's probably generational in this. You. Know. Um, you'd, you don't understand that until you see it. When you see a man, you're like, whoa, what's that? And then you start saying, well, why does he act like that? Why is, I think that's part of the reason why somewhat Doug is interesting is there's this masculinity that just kind of radiates from him sure. and people are afraid of it because they have never seen it before. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right? right. And, and so and he doesn't seem to be ashamed. At and all. he's not ashamed. Oh no, he loves it. And, and other people are attracted to it because they've never seen it before. And yeah. what is this? Yeah. And a, a lot of that is that I think men haven't seen it. And so part of what I think we're missing is seeing other men act like men, the model of that. And because some of this is supposed to be learned through relationship it's not just all right. knowledge thing It's actually right. through, Oh, yeah. that's, how you do that but, the, and that's, but that's part of the way god made us that's I mean, right like, i think i think that one of the things about being a man is recognizing yeah i mean we read books and we learn stuff but sure we are i mean god made us with like i mean like we we learn with our hands that's right, right. Um, we're doers and we're made to fall down and get back up again we're, yeah. we're made to mess up try again that's just so much of what it means to be made a man well but still even even before that like like the church doesn't teach on what it means to be a man very well and so if you don't even have like the anchored truth oh sure in your system sure you know i like doug's doug's definition of 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 being a man is the glad assumption of sacrificial um responsibility, responsibility. Yeah. yeah and so if you don't even have that anchored in your your mind right. then even kind of watching the cultural manifestations of that of what it might look like in a community you're still not anchored very well i remember when i first came to our church in our community and one of the silliest things, I'm this 22-year-old kid, this 2022, and I remember- 2022. Uh, wow. wow. 2002. Okay. 1982. 1980s, man. 1980s, your birthday? I'm a 79, dude. Oh, yeah. I'm, well, I'm, right. Yeah, I'm a 70s boy. Yeah. I'm a 70s boy. 80s. 79. And one of the first things that like struck me was watching men get out of their seat at church and walk with the crying baby in back while mom and, mom and the kids sat in the rows. Yeah. And I was like- Dads are doing that? Yeah. And what was crazy was, was Doug wasn't even, like, Doug wasn't even giving that as an example. Right. Doug was just preaching from the pulpit what, what it meant to be a man from yeah. the pulpit. Yeah. And then, you know, because Doug can't get up in the middle of the church, take his kid in the back because he's preaching. He's preaching. Yeah. And all these guys were doing that and taking responsibility for their family. And, and what that meant for them in that moment at church, at worship, was to make sure their family could worship and take care of the child that needed to be taken care of in that moment. Right. Yeah. And going and stand in the back. It's very simple, right. but that's because the anchor no. truth of right. glad assumption of sacrificial responsibility was right. there in that in that system. Right. How can I make this moment better? Yeah. How yeah. can I make this moment right here better? A blessing for my wife, for that's my other right. kids, for the people around me. I know. 
I can take the crime baby. That's my back. job. Yeah, I can hold yeah. the baby. I want my woman. I want my wife to be fed the word of God. She needs to be fed. I need Absolutely. her strong. Right. So, man, things are crazy right now. I don't know if you know, things are kind of. I've noticed some. Yeah, stuff. yeah things. Yeah. Twenty twenty has been weird. Yeah. You know. Do you think the election was fraud? No, I'm just kidding. Whoa, whoa, whoa. whoa. <laughs> segue was horrible. Um, where this next year coming up right yes. now? There's there's all kinds of amazing opportunities. Yes. yes. <laughs> Oh boy, we just uh, got canceled. By the way, I think we're back on YouTube. Ivermectin. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, where are you taking Buy it for your horses? <laughs> where, where are you putting your focus as a man in this next year, knowing that things might actually get a little crazier? Well, um, I always start with start start with the closest areas. I mean, it depends where you're at. I mean, honestly, the, the biggest issue is uh, if for me, all right, so I'm 41, um, I've got seven kids, a wife, uh, I bought a house, so I actually have assets. I've got uh, a number of freezers full of wonderful meat. Um, so we've been stocking things up. Um, I think there's different places, but what I tell probably the most important thing is for men to find a community of God-fearing men to be with right now. So if, if you're familiar, take the, like, the survivalist stuff that's kind of come out now. Like the yeah. supply chain's going to crash. It's, it's crazy. Going to. It's bad. We don't know how bad it's going to be. It's hard to tell really right, right now. But right. it's really bad. It's going to yeah. be bad for a while. Um, but if you study, if you're familiar with survivalist literature, Antiochawaki and all these concepts, uh, you realize that, the, the good ones know that you only can get through this with a community of people. That's right. right. There's not enough bullets or whatever. And so what men need is fathers and brothers, and they need uh, um, compatriots, people that are working along. So I think if I was going to boil it down to one thing, it's not easy. That's what I would say is find a community with the church at the center of it that, that fears God and men that fears God, and that's embodied throughout their entirety of life. That's what the focus. It, do what it takes you know, if you got to move, you got to move. If you can make it work where you're at, make it work, right? If, but if you can't reform your churches, you only have two options, move or start a new one. Right. Right? That's right. Did so. you, do you think that with the way things are right now that you have time to reform your churches? That's, that's, that's in the Lord's hands. Yeah. I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't worry about it. Um, it. Today's worries are sufficient for today. Yeah. And I think part of our problem with our news-obsessed culture is a little tricky on this show. Ah. Um, <laughs> wait, wait. Is he talking about us? Uh, just the culture. Um, there's a... Sure. sure. There's right. So right. We're men. We, we, can, take it. Uh, <laughs> we can take it. We do have a tendency to worry about things that are, yeah. aren't ours to worry about That's and right. get caught up with things. Yeah. And I think reading guys like Postman can be a helpful check, like amusing yeah. ourselves to death. I like, think he got it wrong. <laughs> You're absolutely wrong. <laughs> he, got, he got it wrong. Do, do tell. So yeah. um, Neil Postman got it wrong because he thought that um, ultimately the amusement was going to be the thing that put chains on us, right? And so he thought that the the um, the, the way that we got the content, the the um, um, what does he call it? The uh, the medium is the, the medium, metaphor. Yeah, the medium is the metaphor. Yep. I think he misunderstood or he didn't uh, make room for truth. What does it say in um, Jurassic Park? Uh, uh, life always finds a way. Sure. I think truth is the same way. And so where I think he missed it at was that he assumed that we would have this all this amusement that came in yep. and that that would be the thing that put chains on us. But he did not make room for the fact that truth ran through those same streams and it had to be censored Orwellianly. 
Right. And so right. he missed the fact that Orwellian still had to have a way in, which is what we're sensing right now with YouTube. Right. That's so right. you doesn't mean he's wrong. I, no, he's, it's a mixture because it, you're talking about the intro of the book where he compares Huxley to Orwell. Well, well, and he says basically not just that, well. not just that. It's the, it's the beginning. He, he actually does a chiasm with it. So he opens it up with it and yeah. then he closes with right. it. Yeah. Right. And he thinks amusement is going to no, be he, he kills us. You're right. He does think that Huxley's going to be more of the problem. He, he, he took for granted that truth has the ability to, to actually transform people. That's what that's where Postman missed it at. Truth actually has the ability to use it. Look, the Roman roads were built for pagans. The gospel went through them and changed the world. That's right. And so he misunderstood that 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 whatever that vein was that was taking it. No, it's not it. It's what's going to flow in that vein. And when truth gets in those veins, like Rush Limbaugh did, it messed up the system. Sure. <laughs> well, okay. The, the main issue. And podcasting I, I would, yeah. messed up the system. True. Cross politic messing up the system. Right. This is why we're kicked off of YouTube and other people are kicked off of Twitter. They have to bring in an Orwellian imposement in yeah, order to be yeah. able to try and shut it down. Right. And so it's not just amusement that was yeah. going to take us. Right. It wasn't that. He missed it. It's right hand, left hand. And actually, that's because patriarchy is inescapable. Right, exactly. Actually. Toby would be a nice bringing this all back. Go, go ahead, Ben. Actually, so back, uh, back to my, here's my actual point from Postman. Yeah. And I, I have a counter argument, but we don't have time. Yes, um, we do. I love our it's third, this third segment. But the other, the other part is actually where he's talking about the telegraph, and I think he, whoever wrote uh, what's uh, Thoreau, Thoreau, he quotes him yeah. about the tele telegram or telegraph. What does oh, yeah, yeah. this area have to do with New York, right? Yeah. And I always ask people like, how much of the news changes your personal day to day? Okay. Right. right. And okay, stocks. I mean, if you're day trading, that's probably not why stock investment, unless you really know what you're doing. Yeah. Uh, weather, okay, yeah, but I can kind of look outside the window. Most of it doesn't. Most of it's tidbits to entertain. It can instruct to some level. But my my issue is that uh, it's the same issue I have with straight preachers, is that they'll they'll drive all the way down to a, 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 a stadium Amen to go there. preach the gospel, and they don't know their neighbors, man. I know. I mean, give me a break, dude. Right. My mission is the same thing. with the, I have the same problem with missions. It's the yeah. same thing. Right. I did a whole conference on this. And so what I tell men is like what the main thing I'm concerned about is people having disembodied existence detached from their local community. Yes. And, and, I, and, and so I think that's we're we're in a growth phase. Where when you uh, first, there's the Frankenstein principle, and Postman talks about that as well. Yep. And and there's a time where you have to kind of learn how to deal with new technology. Technology is a blessing. I'm, I'm happy for the internet. Yep. It's made all this happen right now. Yeah, that's right. Uh, the, the, the industrial revolution has caused difficulties, yeah. without a doubt, that we're still struggling with. But it's also intense blessings as well. Yeah, right. yeah. And, but the, the real danger we have right now is people that think you can have masculinity via proxy. Oh, Doug Wilson's manly, therefore I'm manly. Right. Uh, the bank. <laughs> The Bengals won today, yeah. therefore I won, right? right. right? So it's, it's a yeah. twisted of covenantal thinking where you have someone that represents you, but you yourself have to do something. Right. And that's why we have to get guys in churches with men that that's are saying right. like, all that stuff happened, well, that's, that's Gnosticism. good, man. And you want to, yeah. exactly. Yes. And then right. we yeah. have a neo-gnostic, right. uh, even the, the dis, uh, we don't care about place. Scripture cares about place, right? right. You should know, you should love uh, Moscow. I love Ohio. I love corn. I love the sound of the wind through it. Um, I like the 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 I like my four seasons. I don't yeah. care yeah. that it gets a little dark and dreary yeah. during February. I'm gonna write a poem about it. You know, yeah. be <laughs> some bigger Allan Poe or something. Yeah. So, so yeah. would you say part? I, of I just well, I, I just disagreed with one thing that he said there that the Bengals won. 
That's it. I, that's it. I became a consistent uh, Sabbatarian, so I don't even know. I, have, I don't even have, I have no clue what happens. So, so, so would you say that the, the part of the, is that if I'm trying to, if I'm hearing you correctly, part of what you're seeing from Postman that's correct is that it is displacing us from our actual local environment and making us care far more on a national federal level. Distracted by things there. that don't actually matter. That's, yeah. in that's, a local level. I think yeah. that's, a, that's, that's one of his sub points that, yeah. that I think has shown to be true. And even, um, the thing that's sad about Postman is he died like 94, 95. Yeah. Yeah. And it would have yeah. been wonderful to see him because he's a brilliant mind because he was able to take like Jockey Lule, um, Marshall McLuhan, some, yes. some of these like high level thinkers and make it more uh, at a pop popular level. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. Had he seen what the internet did. It would have been fascinating to right. hear his thoughts on it. We don't, we have some guys riding on it, but not enough. That's an area where we need more Christians to get into is the interface of technology and- um, Yes. Yeah, Gilder is kind of the only person I know um, that is really that. Yeah. on that level. But even, even he's, He's, he's reaching he's his pinnacle. Yeah, I don't, but I, you know, we ha we haven't been taught to think about our thinking and thinking about what's influencing our thinking very right. well at all. But I, what I hear you saying though is is maybe the warning to men though. Yeah, is don't allow your consumption of news and media um, right. to yeah. be a distraction um, yeah. from obedience. That's right. From right. being from growing into a real man. That's right. Um, you can't do it by proxy by thinking, you know, I went, you know, watched a football game, I played, you know, whatever a first person shooter game or yeah. I, you know, or I watched a, a Doug Wilson YouTube video. Um, no, that's not like you can learn from that. You can be encouraged by Stirred that. Up, but right? go do it. Go be yeah. a man. And also but also don't let it be the kind of thing where it's like it, it can be sort of a panic porn. That's right. You've got one kind yeah. of porn over yeah. here that's yeah. a kind of distraction, but you can have yeah. a kind of panic porn where like, oh no, and then they did this, and then they did, I mean, that's what the media is trying to do. Yeah. Like they want yeah. you to be Hit refresh. Hit refresh. terrified Hit of what's going on. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, girls do it in one way, mm -hmm. you know, with who's dating who and, you know, the Kardashians or whatever. And guys can do the same thing with who's been shooting who and what are the politicians saying and so on. Um, okay, know what's going on. Watch a news show every once in a while, like cross politics, and then um, get busy with your life. With working, yep. actually, well, to that right. point too, right. well, something we focused on in our book, and I've been thinking about this a lot. I know, uh, I think Ed Edwin uh, Friedman is pretty popular yeah. around here, yeah. and his book Failure Nerve is absolutely fantastic. Yeah. Again, I wish he had had a edit on it. It's pretty rough prose in yeah. parts because it was a manuscript. Yep. But we talk about gravitas in our book, and yeah. that's something men need to get, which is this: uh, it's an old Roman virtue, but it's like the idea of weight. God has weight, yeah. right? His mm. glory, glory. And a man is to have weight, a seriousness to him. He's to be a grave man, not self-serious in that he yeah. can't laugh at himself, but he has all that virtue. Well, uh, that when you have weight, you don't just float off and things come in the orbit around you because you have mass. Now, yeah. what Friedman is getting on is that folks that aren't well uh well-differentiated leaders. They, they know themselves, they know where they began and end, what their responsibilities are. Mm -hmm. uh, they, when they're not like that, they're pulled into other people's emotional states real easy. Yes. And what the media does is alert, alert. There's been, when yeah. I was a kid, the, the first alert that I recall was O.J. Simpson is driving really slow with his bud down a highway. <laughs> <laughs> right. Breaking news. Yeah. And, and I remember watching it and I was like, this is, uh, this is exciting and boring at the same time. Somehow, you know? <laughs> What's going on? Why am I watching this? <laughs> but, I need to watch it. Now there's, I, I don't, yeah. wa I haven't had TV, I don't know, f like 15 years, right? Maybe longer. And so only when I go out of town and there's a TV in my hotel, will I turn something on. And it's like, there's an alert. Constantly, yeah, and that's what they want. They want you like Breaking in the state constantly. of stimulation. Yeah, that's right. So 
uh, Rich Lusk, again, he's a CRC pastor. Yeah, yeah. And I thought Rich's comment on Friedman was really good that ties into everything here is that often the calmest man in the room is the man in control, is the leader, right? Mm-hmm. And as men, we are to be this stable fo- force. This is like godly stoicism, mm-hmm. right? Where we know how to control and aim our emotions uh, for, uh, for good. And when people are around us, we create safe spaces. We pull them into our emotional state, mm-hmm. right? That's what a father does in his home that's what a, a pastor does in his church and that is what a good community leader does he doesn't yeah. throw uh he doesn't he usually de-escalates the things that need to be de- de-escalated yeah yeah and we're talking about guns a yeah, man yeah, that yeah. has power he has right. power yeah. right. and understands what the power can do is a man that has restraint right yeah. and that's what we need is men with gravitas men with frame yeah. well differentiated men men that aren't controlled by the media men like that can come in and hear something and they can stew on it but it won't rule them and we need men that rule mm. themselves so they can't be ruled by by these manipulators you know one of the things i've picked up on just watching guys who have gravitas um i don't find many of those kind of guys who have gravitas who aren't praying man like when you find right. it, you it's you, and you can feel it when you walk in the room. It's just thick. It's like okay, somebody being with Jesus for twenty four seven. Right when people that are emotionally unstable and freaking out, they have not been talking about talking to God about it. That's right. Because right. had That's they right. that God because you see David. Right. You know, David's like, where are you at, God? Right. At the beginning of the psalm. And yeah. at the end, he's like, oh, there you are. Okay. Right? All right. So, right. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'll take it all back. Yeah, that's and, right. and he works yeah. through it. And we're not working yeah. through it. And, and so that's right. prayer does make you manly if you understand right. what it does to your constitution. Right. Mm. Yeah. Manning up doesn't mean that you just, you bear all the burdens yourself. That's right. It means you know the one that you're, you can cast your burdens on. Mm. And oh, so man. as fast as everyone around you is casting their burdens on you because you're the man of the house. House, you're the man that they're looking to just as fast as they can carry they can carry to you you're carrying it to the Lord and that that's what allows you to be a man amen I was reading uh, uh, up from liberalism actually William F Buckley, I bought that book 1959 <laughs> it, speaking of the same point you're talking about um, and he's talking about how the media in ni- in the 1950s the liberal media and the and the left is already smearing conservatives. Um, over the um, McCarthy hearings and over um, the Brown versus uh, Board, Board of Education of and all the stuff that's going on there. And it's and I was telling the guys earlier this week, it's like, you know what? You read it and you're like, it's the same song, 150th verse. Yeah, that's right. You know, 70 years ago. Yep. And, you know, kind of like, it's like, just relax. Like, I don't even know, like, other than McCarthy, I don't know any of the other names. Yeah, it's like they come and go. <laughs> it's you like uh, someone asked me, do you know about this guy? I was like, I have no clue who yeah. he is, but he might might as well be Brian McLaren to me. And they said, who's that? And I said, right. <laughs> right. Exactly. Who is that? No yeah, one cares. I give my point. Right. But that's the, that's the thing, again, is like, what, like m- to be a man of gravitas, a man um, who care like, you need to care about the truth, which means, you know, there's all kinds of stuff that's just fleeting. Yeah, it's it's vaporous, yeah. it, and it's, it's a, like a cloud, and it's gone. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I mean, you need to be faithful in front of you, and sometimes things that are on the news, you may need to uh, deal with. To you may, yeah. Yeah. That may be important, um, but most of this stuff really is fleeting. Most of this stuff is going to be gone, but your wife and your kids are not going to be gone. No, yeah, your, the people right. in your congregation are not going to be gone. Your neighbors down your street. Um, they they need you to yeah. circle back around and make my uh, m- my apology for um, cross politics. Uh, to make my defense, we also need to know how to think about things, and 
we're under incredible incredible propaganda right now, right? It's yeah. intense. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I got on the social media, even though social media is dirty, right? It's just dirty. Yeah. It's like hard to, you feel like, yeah. you never know, like, did I go too far? Did I make this too personal? You just never know, right? Especially uh, you. I've seen your tweets. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, but, uh, I never know about Michael Foster's tweets. <laughs> 350 <laughs> shares and 350 retweets. They, uh, <laughs> what, but what I would say is that we had pastors that I think were good men that wouldn't get on there because they were they were busy about other things, and yeah. I respect that. But their people were being brainwashed by liars on Instagram and yeah. blogs and sure. all that. And if we cannot give that up yeah. to the enemy, if we do, we'll lose our churches. And that's what happened. You got to be where your people are at. Yeah, this past year, yeah. we found out a couple things. We found out that no matter how cynical you were, things were actually worse than we thought. That's right. That's so we right. found out, we found, That's because right. I was, I think we all were shocked. Like that guy, are you kidding me? Yep. But on the flip side, uh, some godly pastors found out that their people were far gone too. And they were willing to uh, turn them over to the wolves. You don't hear that story, but if you're in the yep. ministry, you do. Yep. And like, I don't know what to do. They're like, and it's because they allowed these people to be brainwashed by the gospel coalitions of the world, right? Yeah. I was just about to say that, that part of the problem has been if you're, so pastors aren't getting on there. So then these parachurch ministries come in, yep. you know, and then they take over and they start discipling almost just as bad as, you know, this is some of the other stuff, the other That's side right. of social media. Yeah, right. And that we need a voice there. We need a voice to teach people how to think about these things, how to see the truth, how to interact. When it's time, there's, you do need to be able to sound an alarm when things happen. Right. Look, it, you need to get into a local community now. Put down roots now, mm. right? This is not a normal time. You, it, you have to, you always wonder like, am I being a narcissist and just acting like my generation's different and every generation right. thought that, right? Yeah. But then you look at this historically, you're like, this is very significant. What's happening? Basically, feminism and globalism and statism has all intersected at one point and, and now there's a reckoning, right? right? And at this reckoning, the only way to get through storms like this is, is with other people. Right. And I think helping people see through this stuff calmly and navigate to somewhere safe is is a ministry that we need to have so you think we're so keep <laughs> listening to cross politic it's on a bunch of times every week <laughs> <laughs> and so with that it's good, conclusion. To, it's good to be a man with michael foster the handbook for godly masculinity brother this is a good book thank you yeah, appreciate it. and i appreciate you man I, I, again on twitter and facebook when i see your post i'm like okay it's gonna be fun I, the comment section is what i love so much oh, too man, so. They're, they're can't impress so can't impress and amazon if you're, if you're near Batavia, Ohio. Yep. Check out East River Church. That's right. It's a CREC church. That's right. So if you're single, get married. If you're married, have kids. And if you have kids, go baptize them. Until next week, love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. Go fight, laugh, and feast. This is Cross Politic. Welcome to No Quarter November. My name is Douglas Wilson. I'm glad you decided to join us. Now, some people want to know, what is it about November that makes us want to burn things? What's with that? There's a little libation for those evangelicals who think I ought not to be drinking stuff like that. The reason, the reason we're doing this is not that we're, we think that there's a moral obligation that we have to be incendiary, because we don't have a moral obligation to be incendiary. What we're saying is that the world has mysteriously, for some bizarre reason, become flammable. 
So, the world is flammable. Everything catches fire these days. All you have to do is say something like white babies or, or something like men shouldn't have sex with unstable women. Things that would have gone past without comment in a saner time. But we don't live in a sane time. Um, we're not incendiary people here at Cannon Press. We are ordinary people, normal people, in a flammable time. And that explains why things burn in November. The basic point of No Quarter November on my blog is that normally, 11 months out of the year, when I say outrageous things or things that I know that people will take as outrageous, I make a point of qualifying it. I, I call it, it's not always in the second paragraph, but I call it the second paragraph rule, where I say, now, when I say this, I'm not saying this and that and the other thing. I qualify, and I qualify, and I qualify. And nobody pays the slightest bit of attention to my qualifications. And so I decided a few years ago that let's see what happens when I don't qualify anything. If I just say, if I just speak the truth, what happens then? Well, check in, no quarter November, and you'll see what happens then. My exhortation to all of you is that if it, if it seems like everything's gone nuts, if it seems like the world's on fire, just keep doing what you're supposed to be doing. Just Stay with whatever your plans were. Keep doing what you ought to be doing. Stay at your post. Ignore the world. Mm. See? <laughs> well, I gotta get home for dinner. Kiss the soul, sing a song if you be his prophet. Black swan with the boy sling.